Steve, we're back. How are you? Happy uh, unofficial, official start of summer. There we go. Sure. Wonderful. Yeah, you too. Yes. Good to be back. Yes. Um, Steve's having some pool issues, so hopefully he can get those fixed before we For can sure all go. Times, yeah. yeah. We can all go skinny dipping in Steve's pool. That's right. I said it. Um, other than that, it's good to see you. This is the Stuff Summer Says podcast with Steve. With Steve. Um, we've got we've got a lot to to discuss. I think I'm going to hit on a hot button issue for Mr. Steve Samsel today. So I love that stuff. Uh, I'm excited to see your your thoughts. Uh, we're going to talk about the biggest Penn State sports news, which is two things: the Black Friday game and then Penn State's lacrosse's controversial loss. Um, and then the the hot button issue is the auto racing. I want to I want to ask you a question mm-hmm. that I think is going to get you fired up. And then, uh, well, oh, oh, we're also going to talk about Penn State baseball in there somewhere too. Um, and then, in honor of Succession, Ted Lasso. Do you watch Barry? I don't watch Barry, but I think Barry's series finale is this week as well. I have a simple question for you in this week's Old Guy, Young Guy. Steve, are you ready? Because I'm ready. Yep, let's go. Awesome. Okay. Um, In case you missed it, uh, basically, essentially, what is going to happen for the Penn State-Michigan State game this year, um, NBC, well, let's let's take a step back. Kevin Warren leaves leaves the, the conference. Um, and this is all co- according to ESPN's Pete Thamel, leaves the conference. And essentially, he handed over rights to games to NBC and CBS that he had real no business giving the rights to. And when the lawyers probably realized that, um, everyone kind of was like, oh, we should probably figure that out. And so NBC and CBS naturally won something out of this because they got screwed over a little bit, um, essentially because now Fox can pick which games they want or don't want um, a little bit higher on the the ranking, so to speak. And that has led to a number of concessions being made, the first of which we've known about, which was the Ohio State-Michigan State game, which is like November 11th-ish will be a night game, which is the latest night game in uh, Ohio Stadium history. Um, and then the other one was moving Penn State's game with Michigan State from, which it's usually deadlocked into that 3.30 slot on Saturday, to a Black Friday 7.30 night game. The other little twist with that, because it's East Lansing and I've been there when it's snowed, lightning, rained, very aggressively wins um, is that they will move that game from East Lansing Lansing outside inside to Ford field. I don't know. I, I just don't like it for a lot of reasons. I wrote, we wrote in the newsletter a little bit about it. My main concern is actually the Penn state side of this. Now, the schedule is going to change next year. We are getting rid of East and West. One would think because Penn State shares a trophy with Michigan State, they will keep that as a one of Penn State's tied in or every year games. But essentially, I get worried that now Penn State is going to have to give up a, a, not a conference game that would be a home game because they want to keep making this game on Black Friday to give this game a bit, bit better of a showcase 
and out of the shadow of a, a Michigan, Ohio State. Maybe that's just my opinion. Maybe that's just my pe- pessimistic view on it. What does Mr. Steve Stamps look like? Yeah, I don't, I don't know where they would play it if it were a home game, right? I mean, Michigan State has a, has a dome. It's convenient, and it's there. Maybe every other year or every fourth year, right, if, it, if they stay on each other's schedules, it ends up that way. Um, but I would be surprised if Penn State – this, to me, feels like – I'm sure people who think Penn State's always getting screwed over feels like it's here we go again. But, I mean, it's a great deal for Penn State, right? You're playing inside. 100%. You're playing not on campus. It, 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 it's a win. This is this is um, champagne on a Friday night, uh, Maryland on a Friday night. This is take one of your A-list programs and put it someplace to get to draw TV ratings because they're not going to they're not going to do this at home, but they'll do it on the road for the good of the conference. And they might begrudgingly be doing it for the. I mean, it's certainly begrudgingly, but they're also going to the bank as a part of it. So I, I don't think it's going to affect Penn State in a home game. Down, I mean, I guess I'd be shocked if they did that. And, and the whole world changes whenever they announce the 2024 schedule anyway, because you got USC and UCLA and there'll be all the machinations before then. But I, I don't think it's going to affect them on an annual basis. Maybe every other year if Michigan State, maybe, maybe but, but man, the people at Michigan State are probably fired up too about, well, some of the stuff I've seen are fired up too about they've already paid for their tickets, right? Now they're getting a ticket taken away in terms of, you know, they'll have first dibs, but it's, that. you know, they, they've paid for their season tickets and now they're down a game right? If they don't want to go there. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the the biggest takeaway for me for all this is those of us that thought that Kevin Warren had his stuff together and deserved some accolades on the way out the door, turns out we were wrong. Kevin Warren was somehow skating through this whole time. This is tenure. I still don't believe the merger was his, his, the merger or the merger, the growth was pushed by the TV networks. He just happened to be the guy in the seat when it happened. Um, he didn't pin down details like this. He just left stuff on the table. Like I just, yeah. Uh, for me, that's like, oh, when I, when I saw this happen, I'm like, oh, never mind. Totally wrong about Kevin Warren. It's a once we kind of once I had time to digest it and understand it and and think about it more. That's exactly where I was at with it. Um, let me ask you one question: Am am I the problem? Because I am. Am I overrating the value of Michigan State? Like, like are. are in the mm. conference eyes, like, what do you mean? In why? How? Like, am I? Part of the surprise factor for me is that Michigan State would give up a home game to go do this, whether they were voluntold or you know they actually did go do this. Essentially, in my head, am I putting Michigan State on the same level as Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan? Maybe not necessarily in that order, or or should I temper my expectations of, of that game, essentially? Yeah, I think the first part of the question is, I think, I think there is Ohio State and Michigan, or Michigan and Ohio, however, style, Ohio State, whichever one you want to put first in the Big Ten. Those are the big two, and there's the rest of them. And Penn State is really close right there, no, no matter what Penn State fans think and worry about them opening on the road all the time and blah, blah, blah. In terms of football, at least, Penn State is right there. I think Michigan State's, you know, down a notch, but so is everybody else. There's not, there's not somebody else after those three. I mean, USC maybe next year, but there's not those three are the three. I mean, maybe Wisconsin. As I say, Wisconsin. Together, right. I mean, they depends. can. They'll win games and they can be competitive, but they're not going to be what those three are in terms of TV ratings and draw and national interest, right? So, and I would think Michigan State was voluntold. Um, and and in terms of them bigger, like I. I 
again, this was the, the old guy thing, like I dub. If Michigan State doesn't remain on the schedule on an annual basis, okay. Like I, I, I mean, I, it was always a forced marriage anyway for that rivalry for me. Um, you've grown up with it your whole life. For me, it was foisted upon us in what, 93 or 94. Before that, it, it didn't exist in a way. So it's not for me, do or die, but that's okay. If, they, if it ends up, if they end up being the one, that's okay. I don't know who else there is, right? You know, I mean, that's, it's that's never going to be Michigan Ohio State. I will say that's interesting. Never really thought about the fact that I have essentially grown up with that being a rivalry, although it's never really been heated or ugly. Right. Um, there's been key games, I think, for both teams, you know, whether it was 20, what would have been 25th, yeah, 2015 season when they clinched at home. The 2017 game, of course, which was the three hour delay game. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, so, okay, the other question then is, if you're a Michigan State fan and you weren't going to this game, do you, are you now going to this game? Because that game usually isn't very highly attended. No, it depends. I mean, I, what is it, 90 miles? It's like probably about an hour and a half. Yeah. Hours, um, yeah. Maybe. I mean, it's indoors, whatever. I mean, I don't – Michigan fa- State fans don't strike me as – well, because that's what it is. That, that game's always seems like eh, maybe attended. Well, maybe not. They don't strike me as passionately loyal. Um, but it's a fun trip, right? Like, I mean, it might be something different. Maybe you've never been to Ford Field. It's a reason to go inside and check it out. Um, maybe, but I, I don't. I don't think they're going to descend on descend on Detroit the way Penn State fans would descend on personally you know, Philadelphia if they were dome. I think it's more intriguing for a Penn State fan. Like, I think yeah. there, there's more of a reason for you as a Penn State fan to go than a, a Michigan State fan, who, even though this is a, your home game. Yep. And then going back to the other point you made with the X's and O's, I really, that it, this is, I think that's even more proof that they were voluntold because weather actually has been the great equalizer in that game for, for especially up there. And I, I don't know, I, like, I just, Penn State, Penn State's going to be a better team, even on paper. Penn State's a better team. Hopefully, by that t- point of the season, even if there's some couple of key injuries, Penn State's going to has better athletes, better roster. Like why? Like it almost feels like a punishment for Michigan State. I guess is what I'm Maybe. getting at here. Maybe. I mean, I think that was the easy solution, right? Like yeah. when you look at what can we give up? You know, there's not a date there. We can. Well, oh, they're in. You know, at least in the same state, we can make this game make sense. Um, and and it's for the good of the conference. I mean, I think Michigan State's probably a good soldier in terms of uh, in terms of stuff. And I think they're they're gonna they're probably gonna need the the awareness, right? I mean, or need need to be seen. I mean, I, I don't know if they're gonna be super good this year. And I think their coach, with one good season and the transfer running back a couple of years ago, parlayed that into a wonderful contract for himself. And they're gonna they're gonna struggle. And he's not gonna be there the length of that contract, making that much money for that much for as long as he thinks he is. I don't think. They're going to get lapped in the whole, yeah. this whole situation, I think, is what we're, we're experiencing and seeing. Like, they, mm-hmm. they're starting to already fall, fall, like, in the lens of just Michigan versus Michigan State, they have pretty much already started to fall behind. Even if Michigan has not won a national title yet, they've at least went to the college football playoff. Yes, Michigan State has also went to the college football playoff, but that was now, what, 10 years ago almost? Um yeah, I 
they're the most they are the most interesting team in the Big Ten for me this season in terms of circus around them, I guess would be the best way to say it. Yeah, um, I, so I think it's gonna be hard for them to meet the expectations of what they're investing in the program, or at least investing in the coaching yeah. staff. Yeah. Steve, looking at the the schedule here, I, I just want to like let me walk you through some crazy zany ideas. Obviously, you're never gonna move Ohio State and Michigan that week. And let's say, let's say well, I guess USC is probably always going to play Notre Dame that weekend. So the, who does UCLA play? I don't know. They would have to play a non-conference team because there's an even number of Big Ten teams. But let's let's say you're never going to move the Ohio State-Michigan game because you're just not. Neither school is going to agree to that. There's too much money. It's too traditional college football. You could put a Wisconsin at Minnesota game inside at, at the where the, the, uh, the Vikings play. Um, Indiana, Purdue, Lucas oil is literally right between the two stadiums, Maryland at Rutgers. There's nothing on the Eastern seaboard that has a dome, right? Yeah, no. Um, and then that Northwestern at Illinois game, maybe not this year, maybe not next year, but Chicago is getting a new stadium, uh, relatively soon, allegedly, and it will probably have a roof to it. So maybe this becomes like a rotating thing, uh, around the big 10 to a degree um just sitting here thinking about that and also people in minnesota and wisconsin are crazy enough that they would drive to lambeau to go go have a game there you know yeah but it'd be interesting if the big 10 would do i mean this is this is the out for the big 10 right is they have it in a dome i mean at least now at least you know yeah we're not we're playing the game late but we're playing it indoors uh, you know I, lambeau would be a a bigger stretch, although you knew, I mean, it, and I guess I didn't take that time to invest when they said this game was Black Friday. You knew it was going to be a night game because there's an NFL game at three o'clock. They're not going to go head to head with a night game or they're not going to go head to head with the NFL. It's going to be the night game. So you knew right away, like within a couple of steps of logic, okay, where are they going to find to play it? Because they're probably not going to play outside. And here's this place an hour and a half away. So yeah, I think they, they made a nice, and they did a nice job clean up the mess that was left behind. And I think it'll, it'll work out for everybody. What's going to be interesting to me in terms of in terms of that mess is how many years do we do we see the mess being cleaned up across these little contracts and these little moves and things like that. Um, that will be the interesting part. We still don't really have a full glimpse on what this TV contract is going to look like. We think it is. We still have another year of of SEC on CBS, um, so that. And they released their windows for SEC games today. So I haven't sat down and kind of done that math. What, where does that leave the Big Ten um, in terms of a 330 slot? Um, so that's interesting to pay attention to this year as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you that this, this, is, this is a mess and it's getting cleaned up. But and the TV, I, I think it's going to go a little longer. And I think the TV people are smarter than the athletics people at the colleges, right? And, and they knew where the not, – not they – took advantage of them, they knew where these windows were, right? Like the, the CBS know, knew six months ago where it's going to put the seven or eight games it has. It just it just knew that where they were going to fit. And I don't know whether people weren't thinking about that or what was going on. So, and I'm actually okay with that. I think what's unbecoming in the whole thing will be when the coaches start complaining about the game times and locations, right? Take the check, right? You're taking the check. You're doing the stuff. I don't know that you get to say, Oh, woe is me and give me give me student athlete welfare stuff all of a sudden because there's opportunities for student athletes 
players, whatever they are. I don't know if they're student athletes anymore. To, to get done what they need to get done, don't tell me TV is making this a big burden on you because you're you're cashing all the checks. I I don't disagree with that. I do I do think kind of going back to the point that I wrote about earlier last week was like you and I have zero stay, say in all of this essentially, which we've never had a say. But we like Penn State's now going to play what three night games this year? Yeah, two that's of what which are so two of which are at home. There's a I would say 35, 40% chance that that Ohio State game might be at night as well, looking at the way the schedule shakes out. Um, the night games are tiring. Like, they're more expensive because you have to get a hotel at night. At least I know more games now. That's, that is the nice benefit to having so many night games. But go look at a school like Nebraska or Iowa. I don't think we know any of – well, we know one Iowa kick time. I don't think we know – and we know one Nebraska kick time is at noon. I don't know. It's just, I don't, I think it, I think the night game thing. The I thought you youngins thing, loved all these I, night games. Give me like two a season. That's it. Like two <laughs> max and we're good. Well, they're making right. TV shows and TV shows play better in prime time. That's true. That's true. Um, all right. Moving on. Uh, would you like to talk about Penn State lacrosse or Penn State baseball next? Talk about lacrosse. Let's talk about TV shows, right? That's what you said. Perfect. There's a difference. Yes, I am. I look. Listen, I don't know that much about the rules of lacrosse. I do pay attention probably more than the average Central Pennsylvanian to lacrosse. Probably more than Steve. Um, I was absolutely flabbergasted when, on as the play was happening, the goal was being scored. I literally went. They need to review it out loud to my dogs. And they didn't review it, and I didn't didn't know the role. And I'm just sitting there thinking, like, one of the first sporting events that I actually remember the sky cam being used wasn't football. It was at, it was at the lacrosse final four slash national championship. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, ESPN's got however however many cameras covering this event, and the NCAA won't change its roles, but they do change it for other sports at certain times of the year. You look at like the college world series, call it the women's college world series. And I just, I don't get it. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't understand how you're going to make the sport better, throw the game, all of that, which has been lacrosse's bit like of any sport that has beat that drum over the last 20 years, more than any other sport. It's been lacrosse. And one of the basic things that you have to have to be a functioning sport these days at the division one or professional and above level, I would say is video replay and not having it there was a missed opportunity. That's fair. And and I think their growth is their growth has been really strong the past 20 years. I mean, it's, you know, central Pennsylvania here, there wasn't lacrosse. Now there's, you know, youth lacrosse or stuff like that. I think it's grown in the ways a sport grows in a grassroots roots level in a, in a way that a sport like that is fun. There's, you know, there's a little bit of contact or skill. There's, I mean, there's just, it's, it, it's accessible. I think it's grown that way. I think this will probably happen. Like, I, I mean, I mean, all those rules, again, it's, it's made for TV stuff and it's made like, it's, I'm uncomfortable. Sometimes you're going to play the whole season without replay, but you have replay in the championship game, you know, why not the quarterfinals, why not the semifinals, but the first step is to do it 
for the big stuff and they'll do that. I mean, it'll, it'll, you know, it'll probably happen at least in part as a result of this. And I'm sure it's probably something they've discussed, you know, already, you know, if we've got the technology, why not use it? And, you know, there's, you know, it's probably 50, 50 on how tech, how the replay works in general in sports. Like it just feels to me like it's always when, when, when they screw it up, when they have a great replay, like the more, the most frustrating thing would have been if they had replay, they'd have seen the play and for somehow said it wasn't, it was allowable, right? Like that's the kind of right. thing that replay does every once in a while that really ticks you off. But I think it's probably coming. I think that's just a natural progression of the sport, right? You grow, you get enough interest, you have TV partners, and then you're like, oh, we had an event where we, this would have been better if we let the TV partners do their job at another level. So I think it's probably coming and it's, that's unfortunately for some Penn State's part, part in the process. Yeah. What's fascinating to me is the whole PLL thing, which is the, the premier league lacrosse, um, if you're not familiar, that's the main, the main kind of professional league right now, um, at least. It seems like it's pretty much put its foot foot down and said this will be the core professional league. Their whole thing is about not having having markets. Essentially, their whole thing is about being a TV event that you kind of tune into. Yet, I still think at the at lacrosse's level of the popularity of the sport, I still think that there's probably more eyeballs watching the college final four slash national championship. And so it's just funny because I think they do have some reviews. Now they do have some reviews in college, but they don't really review. It's not, it's really only relates to timing procedure type type stuff. Um, With the PLL, I think they they have challenges um, and it's, but it's only, I think on goals and like certain types of plays. So I don't know. It's just surprising that it hasn't trickled down yet. Um, it's not like the, this just got started televising this year. Like we we've known, like could be very, remember being very young, being like, what is the sport and why am I watching it? But it's very addicting and fun to watch. Um, and so I, I don't know. I, I disappointed. Um, and I certainly feel for people that, pay attention more attention to Penn State lacrosse than I do um I try to watch you know two three games a year but um you know that was that was the redemption team for a team that really Mm -hmm. got screwed out of a title in 2020 um because of COVID they tweeted this earlier this week but there's two teams that got absolutely hosed by COVID at Penn State and one of them's lacrosse the other one spends hockey and this team was something special and you could kind of tell that throughout the, if you were paying attention this season and for them to kind of lose that way, I think for them to lose that way is harder for them to lose, you know, 20 to seven or something like that. You know, at that Mm -hmm. stage, like just think we'll think about that one. We, even if you weren't a Penn state lacrosse fan, you are going to think about that, that Penn state moment for, for quite a while, I think. Yeah, I think it's become, I mean, it's, I think if you're a Penn State sports fan who's engaged in stuff, it's now, it's now that on your list, right? Of stuff that yeah. just didn't go well, right? Yeah. So, um, 100%. Um, okay. Stuff that didn't go well. The Rob Cooper era at Penn State, Penn State baseball. Um, Steve, should we just accept that Penn State baseball is never going to be a above average team? Or, or is that the is that a bad way to look at it when you put it in the perspective of the Big Ten and other teams there in the Big Ten? 
I think this hire and the commitment that comes after it will be interesting to see what happens. I, mean, I don't know whether you're just rearranging the ships, rearranging the ships, rearranging the seats in the Titanic or not. And I, Titanic is harsh and that's, it's, that's, they're not that bad. Um, but they're just not, Penn State has not invested in the program. Coop was one of the lowest paid, if not the lowest paid baseball coach in the conference. You know, they're, they're, it's just the weather, all those other things, the facility, the indoor stuff. Now, if they're going to try to say, hey, we're going to do this new indoor facility that everybody's going to use except football because football is going to have its own existing facility. And we're going to do this and we're going to make a commitment. I guess those things are kind of interesting is like, well, then why would you kill can the coach, right? Like give them the, give, give the current guy to get the tools and resources they need. Um, but it's been a decade, so maybe they're just going to. But if they don't have those tools, the next person doesn't have those tools. And I just, I, I don't know what they think is going to differ. Like, I mean, it, it's great that they have varsity baseball and it's wonderful. But, and I guess I've mentioned it on here before, like the, the biggest accomplishment I've seen as a Penn State sports fan in any sports was the 1999 baseball team's run to the Super Regional. And I'd be shocked if I see that happen in the next 10 years again. You know, they're just not, that's not what happens here, even though Pennsylvania has good baseball and all those kind of things. I was just about to say that, that. That is the most fascinating part of all of this. Pencil, there is very few sports that PA, probably football being one and baseball, very closely number two. Um, certainly at the youth level, I think baseball is more passionate, more more of a bigger deal at the youth level in PA than any other sport. You look at the numbers, I think PA is one of the top three to five states in terms of MLB draft or MLB players ever. Um so it's not like there's not a hotbed for it. And I don't know, I, as, as much as I see, as much as I hear the weather argument see and, and, and see that argument all made all the time, you look at Michigan, which is, you know, exactly. 10 degrees colder north. You look at Maryland, relatively in the same climate, two programs that are making the tournament year in and year out, essentially competing for maybe not necessarily national titles with SEC and ACC type schools, but at least they're making a, a dent, so to speak, in the national impact. So I, I don't buy that argument. Um, so yeah, I, I, I do agree with you. The This higher, this next step for Penn State baseball is going to be very fascinating. Where will they go next? What will they do next? Um, I would personally like, yes, I think, I would like to see Penn State, I don't necessarily want to say invest, but develop a, a, a base, not, a, not even as a baseball school, but just develop a little bit more in baseball and be relatively competitive. I think for me personally, like I've college world series is one of my favorite sporting events of the year. Um, but I feel like in general, college baseball has gotten bigger as the internet has mm -hmm. kind of grown and it's easier to get access to your team. Um, I don't know. I, I, I probably could say this about any sport at Penn state, but go, go all in, like, keep, go, keep pushing. Like there are holes to be filled. The lady lions program is down. Like go fill that, be the bait, be baseball and go fill it there. Go do this. Like, it's not like, and the other thing is, it's not like there's not fan support. Like they had a lot now, some of it was dollar dog night, but they had a lot of people at baseball games this year. There was a lot of social like clout around it mm -hmm. on, on the internet this, this season. Um, people were paying attention. People are passionate about Penn state. We've said this time and time again, people will care. You just got to give them just a little bit of a reason to care. And I'm hoping that that's, that's what I want them to do. Yeah. And I, 
I think that's possible. I, I just, I don't know that it wasn't possible with the same coach, right? So that's inter interesting to me, right? Like if you're going to invest, if you're going to tweak some stuff, if you're going to find a way to, to market and they don't have to draw thousands of fans. If they draw 950 or a thousand fans a game average, they'd probably be thrilled and they'd probably been the top 25 in attendance, you know? Um, and I think college baseball in general has ebbed and flowed during my lifetime. Like when ESPN first found it and you were hearing the, the ping of, a, of a, aluminum backs and it was like, oh, look, what is this? Right. And there's Pete in Cavillia, like at Texas or wherever the heck he was playing in college or wherever he played in college. Right? I'm like, oh, wow, look at this. We're hitting dingers where it's fun. It's different. It's it's just different than MLB. It's great. And then it kind of ebbed off because there was less less of it on TV. And now with all the ways that people can stream and get their teams. I think it can be more than it is. I don't know. I don't have a sense of what the investment is to make that upside consistent where they're going to be top half of the Big Ten. Like, I just, I don't, I don't know. And I don't know what's appealing about the job. If you're second in command at like a top 25 program, is this appealing at all to you, right? Like you're going to start on the yeah. road for, forever with your team at the start of the season. The facilities aren't super, it's cold. I mean, they're not bad, but they're not, you know, and, and that's the other wild card. Like if the state college spikes were to become more than what they are, like, because there's not there's not a short season baseball league anymore. There's the MLB draft league, right? And then there's you know, single A full season. If they were to make an effort to become more and try to go to full season, I don't know how much that what what challenges that presents facilities wise, right? In addition to whatever. So never really there's lots of moving that. parts. Yeah, I never really thought about that being an issue. Um I just don't think they're thrilled with anecdotally just why like I think the MLB draft league isn't good for them. Like, I mean, they get people, but it's kind of like the premier lacrosse league. Like, I think you have to have a connection. I think fans have to have a rooting interest, not like here's some prospects on a team together. I want the state college team and know they're going to go to the next step to whoever it is. Excuse me. You, know? you are talking to a partial season ticket holder of the Frederick Keys. So I know. I, no, I, I, I get what you're saying. If the guy, if you knew one of your guys was going to X or Y team next. I, I a hundred percent like and you can tell that even here in frederick uh, the attendance apparently had dropped between when when the keys were in a affiliate of the orioles and to to the to the draft league I, it's interesting about the draft league like i haven't heard that or or thought even about that but it does make sense you know i i this, how much of that I have to read the contract or whatever, but how much of that relates to the fact that like who owns Medler Field? Penn State does Penn State own Medler Field or it like I think they own it. We own it and they rent it to the, from us. But I don't think the the rental deal was ever. Penn State's not great at negotiating that kind of stuff. Really, like yeah. for like for whatever reason, like I think they get people who are too big of sports fans and don't protect their their own backside or their own really? interests, hmm. and contracts become kind of one sided. Of course, okay. then we go the other way, right? And we try to, we, Penn State, which I try not to be a we with, but when the university goes the other way and tries to like monetize stuff, then they look, you know, you can tell, look at them squeezing every dime, mm -hmm. but it's, it's, so it's, it's understandably tough to find a middle, but I think for the baseball one, that that was not perhaps the most university friendly agreement. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, like I said, I think I would like, I just want a better baseball program. I don't necessarily want the best baseball program. I just want a better baseball. And, but Coop and Coop was a good guy, right? Did, good did guy. stuff well. Great like, guy. I mean, there were ebbs and flows where I heard stuff about baseball players, but I think a good guy in general. 
Um, I think to his credit, I think he knew it was coming. I think when the new AD was named last year, they were, he and his family were planning for the potentiality that this could happen. So I think they weren't, you know, blindsided by it, which is great. So, and, and maybe that's a Pat Kraft being in the, the ACC and, uh, you know, obviously Boston mm-hmm. college doesn't have a, a huge baseball team, but to go play the other, you know, they have to go play Clemson or, or Duke or North Carolina, some of the bigger schools in the, in the country when it comes to that sport. Maybe, maybe I, it looks like low hanging fruit from a different perspective. I was just going to say, you know? it, it, it might just be an easy win. It, it might just be an easy win to, to kind of put your own stamp, make, not that Pat Kraft hasn't done a lot already, both good and bad. Um, a low-hanging fruit, an easy win, maybe, I guess, right. would be a, a, a good good way to say that. Okay. Where were we? Uh, easy wins. Oh, easy wins. Um, Steve, here's my question for you. This weekend is was probably the, the biggest weekend in America for auto racing. You have the Monaco Grand Prix, Grand Prix in the morning on Sunday, then you have the Indy 500, and then you have the Coca-Cola uh, 600, which was last night, correct? That was mm-hmm. that was last night. Respect by rain, yep. Um, Steve, let me ask you this question. Why is auto racing still relevant in this country? Slash, is auto racing still relevant in this country? Um, it is. Because when it's done well, the personalities who compete um, come across to the fans and there's a connection and it's entertaining. I think as a live event, there's loud noise, there's colors, there's competition, there's wrecks, um, there's emotions. So I think from that, that standpoint, it's not going away. And it's not, I mean, if you look at grassroots stuff, Right. You know, probably between where you are and where I am, there's probably three or four speedways that each weekend are drawn a couple thousand fans apiece. Right. So in Pennsylvania, I think used to have the most short track speedways in the country and still may. Um, So it's still relevant. It's not, you know, the Indy 500 numbers aren't going to be what they were 25 years ago because people just don't have the patience. Um, NASCAR numbers have dropped off a little bit because I think they got greedy 15 or 20 years ago and started going away from their roots a little bit and just taking what they could, taking the shore money, and then people were burnt. Um, and um, Formula One is having a day. I mean, it, it, it's in the it, it's in the midst of its its, its heyday in in Pennsylvania, yeah, in the United States, thanks to 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 the Netflix series. And again, the person and, and and for Formula One, even Monaco, which is almost always a boring race to follow, a leader race there's the personalities come across, right? And it's, it's, and you know what, you know, it's going to end relatively quickly. I mean, that's the other thing. Maybe not Indy and certainly not the Coke 600 after an extra day and 600 miles, but the F1 races, man, you know, you got an hour and a half or two hours and you're done, right? So in terms of viewing, it's not bad. That's what I like about F1. Um, the Indy race drug on a little bit just because of the the red flags, which I appreciated because they wanted to, to finish it under green. Um, I did not watch the NASCAR race. I've watched one NASCAR race, and that was actually last Memorial Day, so there was nothing else on. Um, <laughs> but I was thinking about it this weekend, and it's maybe it's just where I grew up, and maybe it's just what I remember, and it's a bias or whatever. But people like like it kind of sort of felt the earth used to stop for nat bigger NASCAR races or bigger the Indy Five Hundred. Or, you know, maybe not necessarily F1, but even Monaco, that, that has always, 
like if you ask anybody name one F1 race, that will be the first one. 99% of the people that can name one will name for you. Um, To me, I just really feel like auto race, like maybe it's just the, the, the whole TikTok era and we've lost our short, you know, it's a shorter attention span sitting and watching for people that don't under, don't understand, or maybe don't appreciate the, the art of building those cars and the, the art of driving those cars at the speeds, you know, that's a long two and a half hours to sit and watch cars do the same thing over and over and over again. Um, even if they're turning left and right. So to me, I just really feel like I'm wondering like 50 years from now, will auto racing be what it is today even? And I, I struggle with that concept. I think it'll still be relevant because it's going to techno. It'll be a techno technology thing. It's more a technology mm, enough. That's one. interesting. Like yeah. it'll be an R and D thing as much as anything else, and they'll find a way to make it competitive. And there's always going to be good guys and bad guys if they do it. Right? I mean, as as we're recording, I think um, somebody got suspended in NASCAR today. Did it Danny Hamlin for for wrecking somebody or somebody who wrecked Danny Hamlin? I forget. Vice versa during the Coke 600, right? Like suspended him for a race. Like people are going to love that stuff. You know, they 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 got a guy they cheer for, or good or bad. So I think that's going to work. Um, for me, big NASCAR races at big tracks were always tough as an in-person view because you just can't see the track. Even Indy. I've been to Indy and you see mm-hmm. you see what's in front of you. The big tracks are better in, t- in TV, it feels like. Um, and I've made this analogy before. It's kind of like, you know, figure skating. I, I, I do like the... the the, the drama and the, the team parts of the, of the pit stops and that kind of thing, which makes sense to me in this artistry. But I don't know who's winning until somebody crosses the line. And then figure skating, I don't know what's going on unless somebody crashes. Like, then if they crash, right. I know she didn't do well. He didn't right. do well. Um, right. But I think it's going to be around for a while. I think it's just not going to be, and nothing's going to be have the numbers that we had. I think things did stop for big events in the past. And I just don't think we're going to have those numbers. They're, they're still going to win ratings are still going to be every other show on TV at certain times would kill to have those out their their numbers, but they aren't going to be the numbers they had 25 years ago. No, I think, the, you know, the one-off events really boil into football and you're not going to like this, but maybe in another 20 years, soccer, I really think mm-hmm. like those are going to be the, the earth stopping events um, in the future, more so than a NASCAR race. Certainly the Indy so I don't like soccer race. now. You don't, you know, you love soccer. You're big. Uh, I watch the big soccer events. So yeah. So I'm going to jump okay. on your bandwagon for like major U S events, but yes, you're right. I think right. so. Um. So yeah. Okay. Um. All right. Speaking of earth moving, stopping events. Um, tonight. Thank you. Um, TV series finales. I was thinking we, we just watched the succession series finale. We are now getting caught up on Ted Lasso so that we hopefully don't get it spoiled for us. Even though it comes out tonight, we're not going to make it. Uh, it's a story for another day. We don't watch Barry, but that one is coming out this week is, or maybe it is already out. Um, Anna just watched a million little things series finale, which was a little bit earlier this spring. Um, I want to know, Steve, what is the best TV series finale of all time? Um, I'm just going to go old guy and safe and say mash because it was the most watched one ever. It's going to always be the most watched. Well, maybe not with streaming now, right? It won't be the most viewed in terms of streaming, but show runs 11 years. 
everybody in the country almost that had a TV or at least whatever it was, someone godly, oh, Super Bowl number of people watched it when it happened um, because they felt connected with those characters after a decade and a year, right? Um, so I'll go with that. And I'm forgetting now how the Wonder Years ended, which was one of my favorite series. So I should probably think about creeping on that tonight and seeing what that was. But I'll go with MASH. Um, I think for me, it's The Office. I think that's the like perfect series finale. Gets everything in there. Um, gets, you know, gets everything fulfilled. Wraps up all the storylines. Brings back the key characters that, that left the show. That type of thing. Um, so the opposite question. Is there a series finale that you just like, I hated it. I never want to watch it again. Like, ruined the whole series for me. Um, I didn't watch the series a lot, but again, old guy, old series, which, and people like this one, Newhart, right? Like, so there was the Bob Newhart show in the seventies, okay. and then there was Newhart, right? Where he ends up owning an inn in Vermont. And the last episode is he ends up in bed with the wife from the first show. And it's like, I just had a bad dream. And so like the second show was all like this bad dream from the first show, kind of cute, kind of funny, but also like, that was it. Like, you're going to just spit on this whole thing, which was kind of quirky and kind of fun at the time. So maybe that one. Yeah, I I'm also gonna go slightly old guy on that answer. Um I love Cheers. Cheers is my favorite TV mm -hmm. show. Did not like the Cheers finale. Just didn't I, I it rushed everything. The whole Sam and Diane thing, we're gonna do this all over again real quick type thing and the plane thing and sorry the bars closed is a great moment in TV history, but yep. everything else before that was like you felt like you rushed the ending and and I don't know if I I needed that. Yeah, and if you don't get the ending you wanted, so I just creep, I totally forgot because I blocked it out. So the Wonder Years ends with Kevin and Winnie just being friends. Look, they invested how long? Now, she was jerking that kid around for years, but like if the two love interests don't get together, like- Right. Well, and that was- I mean, probably, I appreciate the reality of it, but still. That was probably part of my gripe with with Cheers was that Sam and Diane don't really end up together. Um, so I, I think that one- um, trying to think there's another one that i didn't like and i can't forget i can't remember it's a it's a more modern show um oh the uh oh gosh the csi finale was was a little underwhelming like they just kind of it never brought right. back grissom but that was kind of weird um I'm trying to think there's there's, there's you a sopranos a thing did you ever stream that like we didn't watch it so i've I recently watched all of the sopranos the oh. whole way through i knew how it ends and that I knew the the last scene just from I, I that to me is I think that is one of my pop culture I would like a time machine moments where just to experience that moment live mm -hmm. but to, to because like to hear see that happen like I went back and read like a reddit thread about people being like what the hell happened like right. what yep. like why did my tv drop out um I think that is a great series finale though i think we if you assume that tony soprano dies which i think he does then everything kind of gets tied up nicely and, and and i think there's not really much left to question um there's another one that i was thinking about um that i do like um oh breaking bad but i i think breaking bad for me is the whole last three episodes three or four episodes not like you could put they all kind of run together in my head yep. kind of from when the the brother-in-law finds out all the way until like walt is well i don't want to spoil it but walt's dead maybe i don't know i still don't think he's dead that's my that's my tv conspiracy
I mean, I think that's the power of, I mean, and it's, it's both sports and I mean, streaming TV has picked it up, but I don't know how much streaming TV is just magnified by people sharing stuff online in terms of the shared experience. And again, more people are probably watching. If I look at, you know, if you look at viewership numbers, succession, right, more people are probably watching that than watched MASH. But in terms of, I think that shared experience is vital. So I think, I guess no matter how they do it, I'll talk myself around the circle, right? I think as long as there's some shared experience, that's what people enjoy. It's kind of like sports. It's like sporting events. Like there's that thing you can, a thing you have in common that you all witnessed and experienced together, which was a powerful thing. Well, and that was the nice, that was the fun part about the succession finale was we stopped what we were doing at nine o'clock. We put it on, even though we have HBO max or whatever it's called now. And all of your friends are tweeting about it. Those, those moments are, are what make Twitter great. What make those types of moments a lot more fun to kind of share those um, kind of universally. Exactly. Suits was the other, other series finale that that I was thinking of that just did not do it for me. And you were late for Mad Men. That one kind of ended. I I didn't. I I have never seen Mad Men. Yeah. It was too boring for me. It was too boring for me. Maybe I can see that. Um, So, okay. Anything else? No. Okay. Covered everything. That was good. Um, Okay. So we have podcast which you just listened to uh somewhere in maybe my direction or steve's direction uh, there's a subscribe button i think it's my direction i think it's, it's that way right there um you can hit that um we have a website it's stuff says.com on that website there's a section called with steve 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 has an email it's steve at stuff says.com i have an email it's darian at stuff says.com Podcast has an email, which is podcast at stuffsummersays.com. We have a newsletter. We just sent our third edition. Uh, thank you to everybody that opened that up today. Uh, appreciate that. Um, five stars, thumbs up, all that. Uh, my Twitter handle is at stuffsummersays. Steve's is? At Steve Samsel. Other than that, we will, uh, we'll talk to you.